from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now, as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So I always struggle with the Martha Mary text a little bit because if you were to put me into a category of Martha, the distracted, worrying, busy, getting stuff done, or the merry, contemplative, sitting quietly at the feet of Jesus, I, I'm a Martha, all the way, all the time. And so I struggle a bit with this text, but having it paired with our Genesis reading with Abraham and Sarah and the three who come to visit them, I kept thinking about hospitality and the different ways in which we experience and share hospitality. And so I'm going to do something I don't do very often. I'm going to ask you guys a few questions. I'm going to invite you to raise your hand if you've got an answer. And I know we're Lutherans and it doesn't happen very often. But you know, once every blue moon, it's not so bad. So tell me, what is hospitality? <coughs> raise your hand. Invitation. Invitation. Friendliness. Friendliness. Suzanne. Welcome. Welcoming. She said. Oh. Okay. Acceptance. Acceptance. Food. Food. <laughs> That's a really key one, right? Open arms. Open arms. Inclusion. Inclusion. Helpfulness. Helpfulness. Has has anyone ever had a really good hospi like hospitality experience? It can be in a church or at someone's home or at another organization. So like, take a minute, think about what's something that you experienced that was just, oh, you walked away feeling so welcome and so accepted and so cared for and so full of food. That's usually number one. Yes. Yeah. Barbara, I saw your hand up. Do you have one? Do you want to share it really quick? One second. Loving. Loving, yeah. Bill? The first time you came here. Oh, the first time you came here. Aww. That's a good answer. <laughs> I love the for that answer. That's always a good one. You can't go wrong if you step up to the pastor during her sermon. <laughs> Actually, Bill and Donna came when I was on maternity leave, and they had already decided they were going to join this church before ever having met me. So I think that says more about all of you than anything. Chris. The southern potluck y'all gave me. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, Chris is our substitute musician today because Dorothy is out, but she actually substituted for us for two or three months straight. Yeah, it was it, three it, months. It was, it was a while, and we gave her a big southern uh, potluck to celebrate her, and that was really wonderful. So I won't. Oh, Kathy. A phone call that we said, we're coming to see you, and the answer was, that's good for an overnight. <laughs> a phone call where you said, we're coming to see you, and they said, that's good for an overnight. Right. An immediate reaction. So I'm not going to ask 
ask you to tell me these ones. Um, but what are some examples that you've had where you kind of experienced not so great hospitality? And it might be that the pastor's calling on people during a sermon, but I know I don't want your answers. I just want you to think about it a little bit. There's a lot of it, yeah, that's true. So, thinking about hospitality and all the ways in which we experience it, and thinking about these texts, so my sort of example that I kept thinking of was sort of a grab bag. It was some good hospitality, some sort of like overwhelming but kind of good hospitality, and then some not so great. Because a few months ago, I was at a conference in San Francisco and as that Sunday rolled along, my pastor friend and I said, well, where, like, we should go to church, right? So where should we go? And so we did some searching, and I found a Reconciling in Christ Church, like, right outside of downtown. So we each had to take our Uber or our Lyft to get there. And so I got there a bit early because I realized this now. Most people don't show up 15 minutes early to church, especially if they don't regularly attend there. And so I'm standing outside, and there's the, the two greeters with the bulletin, so I start walking out, and they say, oh, are you coming to church today? I'm like, well, yeah, my friend's not here yet, though. And so they hand me a bulletin, and we're chatting, and eventually it comes up that I'm a pastor. And so one of the greeters says, oh, well, then how I got a job for you. <laughs> oh, that's okay. And so he tells me that they like to actually ask visitors to carry the elements to the altar during the service, and would we be interested? And so if you don't know, the elements are the wine and the bread for communion, and it's part of a more traditional-style procession into the sanctuary with the bread and the wine. And so it's not something that we do here, or I've done, or been part of really regularly. But I thought about it for a moment, and I said, well... This is what you ask visitors to do? Okay, I guess we'll try it. And it was definitely an interesting experience of hospitality for me, right? Of like being welcomed and then suddenly you have a job to do on your first day. So eventually my friend arrived and we walked into the church, into the fellowship hall, and the pastor immediately greeted us and the greeters had already told her that there were pastors coming. And so she was chatting with us, and she really wanted to introduce us to these seminary students that were studying at Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary that were worshiping there. And one of them happened to be a former Bible study student of mine from Minnesota back long before she had ever considered ministry of any kind, because the Lutheran world is small, even in the national level. And so we were chatting, and it was wonderful, and we were getting to know the seminary students, and some other people were coming up and, and greeting us, and we were feeling so welcome. And then suddenly, the prelude starts for worship, the music starts for worship, and everybody just scatters. And we're standing there, me and my friend, looking at each other, me holding my still full coffee cup, and everybody's gone. And so... We searched around, we didn't even know where to go. We hear music coming from somewhere, but we don't know where. And so we end up eventually like tracking down a single person and trying to find out, what do I do with my coffee? And they're like, you can't take it in there. I'm like, oh, okay, but it's got a closed lid. No, 
I'm like, okay, do you have a trash can? Well, we only have comp compost and recyclable. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and eventually I say, well, okay, so where is worship? Where's the sanctuary? And they say, oh, you know, that way. Like, just sort of general pointing. And I'm like, okay. So we find some stairs and go up some stairs. And then we end up having a really wonderful worship. We found it. We survived it. But there was definitely this feeling of disconnect between the tremendous welcome, sort of like overwhelming welcome by giving us a job that we weren't quite sure we knew how to do, and then suddenly being left completely alone. And I kept thinking about our text for today, and I couldn't help but think about all the different ways in which we experience hospitality and we share hospitality. And in our Genesis reading, Abraham seems to do a lot of that sort of distracted, worrying, running around to share hospitality with the three who come to visit him. He's bringing them water and bread and washing their feet and getting Sarah to make cakes and finding a calf for the servant to prepare. The reading literally says that when Abraham saw the men, he stood up and ran from his tent to greet them. Which is sort of an interesting contrast to Martha in our Luke reading, because Martha is similarly running around preparing the house for all their guests. Like, she's probably preparing water and bread, meals to be eaten, because food is important for hospitality. And the only difference to me seems to be that Abraham is sharing his hospitality out of joy and care for his guests, and that he doesn't, he knows that he's not doing it alone. Both Sarah and Abraham's servant help him in the tasks of hospitality, and not only does he invite them into the jobs, but he recognizes what they're doing with him. Whereas Martha feels alone in her work, and so she's distracted and worried and stressed. And so rather than talking to her sister, rather than recognizing that Mary is also sharing a different kind of hospitality, one that might not be about preparing food, but about connection and relationship and acceptance and openness, she goes straight to Jesus. And Martha does this perfect example of triangulation, which if you know a lot about that, it's basically creating a triangle of conflict where there wasn't one before. Martha is upset with Mary because she feels frustrated that she's doing all this work and she sees Mary sitting. And instead of talking to Mary, she triangulates and brings the issue to Jesus in hopes that he'll fix it. And it happens. It's hard. Many of us experience feeling like we can't talk to someone about an issue, and we search for an ally to help us. But it can often become unhealthy and can lead to more toxicity in relationships than if we discuss things directly or included our ally as a helpful person to vent to or to bring with for these conversations. And I wonder what Mary was thinking as she heard her sister's condemnation, because she's sitting there at Jesus' feet. It's not like she's not able to hear her sister say these things to Jesus. I wonder if she thought that she was helping, she was sharing hospitality, she was listening to their guest and being attentive to him. I wonder if she was hurt that Martha assumed that she couldn't hear the frustration or that she couldn't be asked to help. And I wonder a little bit what Jesus was feeling, because after all this teaching and preaching on hospitality in his ministry, he's just told the story of the Good Samaritan and taught the 72 followers about receiving hospitality on their journeys. 
I wonder if Jesus is feeling just a little bit frustrated about all the teaching about radical hospitality that he's had to do up until this point and still is continuing to remind people of. Because the truth is, Martha is sort of doing all the things she's supposed to be doing as a host. She's sharing hospitality in the way that many of us know best, by making food, by preparing, by taking care of everything. But Mary's providing hospitality too. Because hospitality comes in many different forms. From the busy and necessary work of providing food and care to those who gather, to the quieter work of listening and building relationships. And here is where I think about my experience of the shared hospitality from the church in San Francisco because although there were moments where I wanted to just be invisible and to worship like everyone else, what I quickly realized was that by inviting us to be a part of worship in the procession, we were being invited into that community. Sometimes hospitality is good food and good directions on where the bathrooms are. Sometimes hospitality is the overwhelming welcome when we stand up and run to our guests to greet them, to welcome them. Sometimes hospitality means waving and saying hello and giving people the space that they might be needing. Sometimes hospitality means inviting people in to participate in leading in worship, to participate in the life of the church. And sometimes it's letting people take the time they need to get acclimated, to find a home where they are. And sometimes it's just in listening to our guests, to their thoughts, to who they are, and getting to know their stories before anything else. The kind of radical hospitality that Jesus preaches isn't easy. It can be complex and nuanced. It can be uncomfortable for us as we learn new ways to share hospitality that are different from what we've known in the past, as we wonder if somebody else is doing something different and or better, or they should be helping me with this project instead of their project, we kind of get into those moments in our minds. We can find ourselves feeling that frustration when others are trying something new or different. And we can find ourselves skipping the listening and getting to know each other part of hospitality and going straight for our to-do list. That's real. Like the scattering of people as worship begins, leaving visitors wondering where to go, we can get distracted and worried over all the things that we have to prepare, all of the things that we have to do, that we forget about the people that we're actually trying to welcome into our spaces. But Jesus doesn't scold Martha. He doesn't tell her that the way she's sharing hospitality is unwanted or unnecessary. He just simply names that the distraction and the worry she is carrying, the hurtful attitude towards her sister, all of that is blinding her to the joy in opening her home to guests. And for all of our distraction, for all of our worry, for all of our to-dos and our failures to connect, Jesus shares with us his own kind of hospitality, his own kind of welcome. Jesus shares with us his own life. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus welcomes us all into God's kingdom, showing us all the ways of radical hospitality by sharing that welcome with each and every one of us, so that we can remember that Abraham, Mary, Martha, and all of those throughout Scripture who share hospitality are examples of different ways to share God's grace and love with all of those who come into our homes, into our churches, and into our lives, so that we can go out into the world 
with radical hospitality through food and care, through welcome and connection and acceptance and love, through Christ's love and grace. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.